Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 320. It's a very exciting episode where we are going to break down and discuss everything that we experienced and saw during the October 1st, 2021 50th anniversary celebration. Before we get into our full day recap, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by our travel agent friend, Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. If you and your family are thinking about coming to Walt Disney World during this 18-month 50th anniversary celebration, Hannah will get you set up, make sure that everything is taken care of, make sure that you're getting the best deal possible. And as Disney puts new deals out, she'll keep rechecking to make sure that you are always getting the most bang for your buck and you don't have to worry about it. Just set it, forget it, and she will take care of you and make sure that you have a flawless vacation coming in the near future. You can reach her at detourneverland.com slash little bit of Disney. If that's too long for you, we got that link down in our show notes as well. You can easily get over there. Make sure you follow her on Instagram as well at little bit of Disney underscore to always stay up to date with all the news. She keeps us very up to date. Not only does she keep us up to date, but she is full of information on everything. She knows things about each of the different resorts. She always seems to find the best food. And then when you even get to come down on your vacation, she knows what to do in the appropriate order and even writes out an itinerary to make the most out of your day. Yeah. And so this episode is also made possible by our brand new Patreon. The first 25 patrons who sign up are getting a special edition, twenty one of 25 Detour to Neverland magnet and a thank you letter written by us to you to thank you for joining us on Patreon. It's a very fun space that we think we've carved out over there. Heading into our second month, we're looking to just ramp that up even more. So if that's something that you think that you may be interested in, it's a $5 pledge per month, and we think you are getting more than that value worth back. At least we hope. And you can find that at patreon.com slash Detour to Neverland. And of course, we make it easy. That link is also down in our show notes. So October 1st, 2021, a day that I don't think I will forget in a very long time. We're going to go through our full day recap from the moment we woke up to the moment we went to bed. We may omit some stuff. A little bit of details here and there. But we're going to talk about the merch that we bought. We're going to talk about the food situation, which you've probably heard about by now if you followed along with anybody who was there on October 1st. We're going to talk about the special offerings and things that Disney did throughout the day to celebrate, talk about the freebies, and then we're going to answer your questions that you guys as a listener sent in for us to do. We're going to cover a lot of them in our discussion, but we will circle back and we'll answer those at the very end of the episode. And just to round out the thought on this week is all going to be about this past weekend's recap. So we also spent a pretty substantial amount of time in Epcot. We went to Space 220. We saw Harmonious. 
that recap will take place on Thursday and maybe some spillover and response from today's episode as well, if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. I Like you said, this is a weekend for us that was so memorable and it meant a lot to us. And I feel like there is a lot to unpack, especially if you you know, we're just interested in what happened or if you're planning your trip and kind of what you want to expect moving forward for the 50th anniversary, there's so much to talk about. So our day started at 3.30 a.m. Now, 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 we have to be accurate. It was 3.45. The first alarm went off at 3.30. We snoozed that one, right? No. Oh, I was out of it. My first alarm went off at 3.45 and I woke up. It was a miracle because like Brendan said, the day before we went to Epcot, we stayed out quite late because we had to see Harmonious, just getting out with all the people, wanting to see Spaceship Earth all lit up with its points of light. You know, beacons it just, of light. Beacons of light. It just took us a while to get out of the park. By the time we got home, we knew we wanted to have everything kind of ready to go so that in the morning when we were tired, it would be foolproof. For us to just get out the door as quickly as possible. And I'd say we probably did not get to sleep until like 11. That might even be early. But it was pretty late. My first alarm went off at 345. I made my alarm music. The It's a good, good, good. That song, good time. And I woke right up. Brendan like shot up, was like, what are you doing? Like I'm actually waking up for my alarm, and he fell back asleep. I I don't know. There was something not clicking in my brain where I thought it was the middle of the night still, which it was. 3.45 is still the middle of the night. But yeah. I wasn't aware that it was time to wake up. So I thought, like, you were sick or something. That's why I shot up. Oh, no, it was just time to get going. And then from there, we actually got out the door on time. So our goal was to leave by... Oh, I'm trying to think backwards. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. We had to stop for gas because we were nervous that if we had to wait in a lot of traffic or a bunch of lines that we would run out of gas because we were kind of low. So we stopped for gas. We had heard a rumor that they were going to start letting people line up at the Magic Kingdom entrance at like 3.45 a.m. Well, Magic Kingdom entrance sounds like the front gate. The TTC entrance is what you mean. Oh, yeah, like the parking entrance. Yeah. The big gates. Yeah, I just thought when you said Magic Kingdom, that would sound like where you actually like tap your magic band. Oh, yeah, no, no. And luckily, we were not crazy enough to try to get out there at 345, but we were crazy enough to get there at like 545. And surprisingly, they started letting people park at 550. So I'd say we were some of the first few cars to get in. We weren't at the very front of the line. But we definitely beat a lot of other people in. We were probably eight to ten deep in our row, I would say. So we were scanned and like ready to park by 6 a.m. And they went super fast. The cast members were so friendly, probably because it was the 50th and they were excited to be there. We were excited to be there. And from there, everything was super smooth. The TTC was really efficient. We got our Joffrey's coffee. We didn't have to wait in line there those workers were really friendly and we jumped right on the ferry this was our first blunder of the day we have to mention it it was small it yes it was small but it was a blunder nonetheless 
it was painfully early. Like we said, it was probably around 6, 6, 10 a.m. At this point, we go to order our Joffrey's. We order, we have the same order every time. Two iced mocha lattes with almond milk. And we see the barista go back there, start making them. Here comes the whole milk. Glug, <laughs> glug, glug, glug. And then she just hands us one. And she said, oh, yeah, you ordered two. Here comes the whole milk again. Glug. <laughs> so we didn't have the heart to say anything because it was so early. And there was a line forming at that point. And we just took it and left. And it was good. No problems. We didn't like spontaneously combust or anything. But then I will say I was super impressed with the ferry system. They were just constantly running. They weren't waiting for it to fill up. I mean, they were just hauling people over super fast. It was basically as soon as one was coming back, they would shut off the one that was currently loading, switch it over, let it take off. So sometimes it's a little bit of a painstaking process because they will wait for it to fill up as much as they can. And even if they see someone start walking down the ramp, they they'll usually hold wait. it. But this time it seemed like it was maybe at 20% capacity on our boat, but probably even less. The bottom had a, quite a bit of people. We went to the second floor and it was us and one other lady. And that was it. us. And so that was nice. I don't know if it was because a lot of people opted for buses because historically the buses are faster or just the monorail. We took the ferry because in the original celebration special, Julie Andrews took the ferry from the TTC to Magic Kingdom. And that's the energy that we needed for the day. So we took the ferry. You just do anything that Julie Andrews does? Whatever she recommends, that's what I'm doing. And it worked out. From there, we were able to scan right into the park. So again, they didn't hold us or anything. And we walked right on to Main Street, kind of took it all in. It was so strange because it was still dark. So we actually beat the sun to Magic Kingdom. And from there, we just kind of wandered around. They were making announcements periodically, which was it made you feel like something big was going to happen. But they were basically just telling you to wander around Main Street until they opened the rest of the park. And that's what we did. So just from a logistical standpoint, if you're interested in it, they were not asking anybody to scan their fingerprints on this day. It was just tap. It goes green. You're in the park. Don't worry about it. Just go straight in. From there, we really didn't know what to expect. We knew that they would be holding people on Main Street at the hub, but we didn't know what would be happening. But immediately when we got in, we found a cast member who was hanging out the commemorative day of guide maps. So you might have seen a picture of them already, but they're super cool. And they are like a matte blue on the front with sparkly gold lettering. The inside basically had all the information that we needed to navigate the rest of the day. They told us that enchantment started at 9 p.m. They told us where the specialty merchandise locations were. They told us what times the cavalcade started. Actually, no, that's not true. They told us what the cavalcade was called, and then we had to look on the app for the specific time. I even think it was the same way for the fireworks. It was kind of interesting. I don't know if they had to print the maps before they knew the times kind of thing. The other thing I thought was, I thought was funny was that it mentioned the popcorn buckets. That was a big craze, and we'll get to all that. But it did give us a pretty good amount of information. I thought not only the, was the paper cool, but it seemed a little thicker. I don't necessarily think it was cardstock but it was definitely not your average 
park map. Well, and it says commemorative on it. So they they knew that it was something that people would want to keep as a keepsake. And this was uh, Catherine's first fumble of the day. What did you do? Well, I skipped out on it because when you typically get a park map, not everybody needs a park map. So Brendan grabbed one and I thought, oh, that's enough. He quickly sent me back to get my own park map. I can't, do you, do you still stand by that decision or? I just, I guess at, you know, 6.15 in the morning, it seemed fine. So we immediately got in, we walked under the train station. Before we walked into the flagpole area, we could see Goofy walking within the train station. So we thought maybe the Fab Five or somebody would be out there greeting us on the train station, but we quickly learned that was a filming location. They had tons of different cameras set up and news crews and uh, all kinds of things. We just happened by chance. They weren't announcing this very loudly. We just happened to walk by a cast member. Did he have a megaphone? He, I do believe that he had a megaphone and he was standing next to just a little makeshift um, board, I guess. I don't really know what you would call it. And on it, they were announcing that to get the day of merchandise, you had to join a virtual queue to be able to go into big top souvenirs. And like Brendan said, by some miracle, I guess we were just so like dazed and tired and didn't really know where to go. We kind of stopped for a second and heard him say that or else we would have completely missed it. So we did get to join the virtual queue and it was a good thing that we did because, you know, like we said, we got there at like 6.15 in the morning by the time most of the other people we hung out with the rest of the day got there, it was already closed. It had already filled up that quickly. And so I think when we signed in, you said we were like number 10,000 It was like 1,111 or something crazy. Oh, so it was parties in front of you. So not necessarily representing how many guests there were, but just... Parties. Yeah. Yeah. So we reserved our spots for that. We just kind of perused down Main Street. We did not go into the Emporium. So that's a big question that people have asked us so far is, did you get into the madness of the Emporium? No. We didn't walk into a single Main Street shop. We didn't go to the confectionery. We didn't go to the Emporium. We didn't go to the Main Street Cinema where they're doing the vault collection. We didn't even go into Starbucks. No, we didn't. I. It just seemed like that was consistently the busiest section of the day. And I do think the guide map helped us out a lot because I do think we would have went into the Emporium if we thought that's where the merchandise would have been. But taking that second and looking at the guide map early in the morning to know, okay, it's not in there. That's all the same merchandise that we've been seeing for a while now. We can just avoid it and wait until we get called later in the day. I do think that was helpful. And I actually was very appreciative. And I know it kind of stinks for people who came later in the day, but I was very appreciative that the day of merchandise collection had a virtual queue because it allowed us so much more time. And we'll get to it later in the day, but spoiler alert, it was a painless process. Once we got our return time, you just went and showed the text. They asked who was in your party and you got whisked right in. So that was really cool. Um, so after that, we we just kind of walked up Main Street. We took our time. We At this point, our game plan for pretty much all the day was let's try to avoid as many crowds as possible unless it's something that we really, really want to be a part of so that we could limit, you know, just the... The craziness, the stress level, 
because, yeah, I just think with a big event like that, it's kind of bound to happen. But since we knew that we were going to be there all day, we just wanted to minimize that. And we just kind of waited. We heard wind that the first thing that was going to happen was the welcome stage show. And that was to happen at 7.55 or 7.50. One of those two. One of those two because the parks officially opened at 8. Now, resort guests got to go in and like experience the attractions and everything at 7.30. I don't think a single person did it. That's what I was going to say. I don't think anyone did. That's originally why we wanted to get there so early. But I think once everyone started to hear rumors or get wind that there was a stage show, nobody moved. And again, it was good that we were there early. Well, and one of the benefits of being there early was we got some magic made for us first thing in the morning. So we met up with some of our friends. We were just kind of standing around. Again, we weren't in the madness of everything going on. And a cast member just approached us and she said, hey, are you guys in the virtual queue lines? And first we just thought she was talking about Big Top. And we said, yeah, we got in it this morning. You know, it was pretty painless. So so, so on and so forth. And she said, oh, no, did you get in the line for the Frontier Trading Post where they're selling the pins? And we're like, oh, no, we, we're not in line <laughs> for that. And she said, well, let me make some magic for you. She whipped out her QR code. Let us all join. And I think we were eighth in line. Yeah, we we took spot six, seven, and then you and I got eight. And that was so nice. And so her name was Peg. I'll never forget. She was so nice. She said she was in the Magic Kingdom on opening day in 1971. She said For she her was, 16th birthday. Yeah, so she was 16. So we assume that means she was just a guest. That's the way that I interpret it because she told us the whole story that her parents said they could either do one thing or go to Disney World. It was throw a birthday party. And she opted for Disney World. And that's what she decided to do for her 16th birthday. But she was a cast member now. So she was just talking about how it was cool that she was there then. And she made it 50 years to be here today. And we took a picture with her and we just thanked her. And she was just so kind and she was encouraging us kind of. And she reinforced our plan for the day. She said, write all the original attractions. Make sure you hit all of those classics. Like, that's what you should make today about. Honestly, I could have left at that point and my day was made. She was (laughs) so nice. Before the park even opened. Yeah. So by then, we had kind of confirmed of when the stage show was going to happen. And so we took our positions over stage left. So for a while, they had it cut off because they had one of the cavalcade floats out there and the Fab Five were up on it. Fab Five plus Daisy were on it. And Chippendale. And Chippendale. And they were doing a shot for Good Morning America. So there was no music in the park, actually. I guess they were just putting it over the video that they were recording. And they just filmed something right in front of the castle. Then they moved that float out of the way. And that is where you probably saw the picture of the crowds kind of pushing all straight up to the front, right in front of the castle. That was a little, that was probably the most chaotic moment of the day because most of us did not expect that. I feel like everyone kind of accepted that, oh, they're holding that area for 
you know, filming or whatever it might be, because there were so many different filming locations that we were able to see that morning. And when they kind of opened that up, it was, of course, like that mad dash of like, oh, my God, what do we do? And then you move forward and then you stood there probably just about 10 minutes until the stage show actually started. Yeah. And so the stage show happened. This is where opinion comes into it. It was it was rather underwhelming for what you would expect for a 50th anniversary opening you know, castle show. Meaning there were no human speakers. No one was there to like welcome us to the 50th anniversary or anything. They did play something over the loudspeaker, but yeah. And it didn't even have to be Chappic, in my opinion. It, I just think it would have been cool if somebody, even if it was Jeff Valley, got up there and said, thank you guys so much for being here. You know, I've got some friends who want to greet you into the park. Then they do the stage show. And it was five minutes. It was a five-minute show because I filmed it, and that's how I know how long it is. It was very short. It was cute. And if you ever got to see the welcome show before, that's exactly what it was. But we got to see all the characters in their new outfits. So it was a nice way to start the day, and I'm glad that they brought it back. But I'm pretty sure that's something that's going to happen every day from here on out. Like, it wasn't like a 50th anniversary special show I, yeah i i actually haven't seen anybody's videos but i assume it's happened the last couple of days as well oh yeah that's what i assumed but maybe not if no one else has posted about it we'll have to confirm that if they've done it the last couple of days but i think my impression was like yours is that this was the return of the welcome show and this was just the first day that it came back mm-hmm. and it would be here from now on but after that, they just kind of made an announcement and they said, enjoy the Magic Kingdom. And, and then again, masses <laughs> just started going off into the different lands. So we decided, um, we really, if you if you listen to our episode where we planned our day beforehand, we really didn't want to stand in any super long lines or get into anything crazy. And so we decided first to hit Haunted Mansion because we assumed maybe that would be one that would have a long wait throughout the day. We essentially just walked right on it. Maybe a 10-minute wait. Got that out of the way. And then because we were so early on that Frontier Trading Post return times, it got called very shortly after we finished up at Haunted Mansion. And so there was where we kind of got our first impression as to what Disney was offering in terms of this day. And I think this is also where we started to understand how big of a role that merchandise was going to play as part of everybody's day, because we had a callback time. I guess most people did not at this point in time. I guess Peg with her little QR code was like a rarity. It was not well known. They didn't have it out on a little plaque like the big top QR code. So there was a line forming just to scan to get a virtual return time. And that went, correct me if I'm wrong, it went all the way down um, Frontierland and then like back through to Adventureland or something is what someone told us. Well, okay, kind of. Not through Frontierland. So from Frontier Trading Post, going back towards Liberty Square, through the bathrooms, 
the bathrooms that connect Liberty Square and Adventureland, and then wrapped back around going back towards the magic carpets. Yes. So kind of like a U shape. It made, yeah, it made sense to me. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, you can guess at how long that line would be. I would assume it's at least an hour. And that was just to get a virtual return time. That wasn't even the line to get in the door. And then we probably waited 20 to 30 minutes just to, once we actually were able to get into the physical line. Yes. And the pins, they were pretty cool, I have to say. They had pins for all of the opening day attractions. So I think they ended up having like, what, 20 different pins that made up the entire set. And they were a limited edition of 2000. So that was cool. And this is where we decided, okay, if we want to get some pins, which I was pretty anti-pin since we already had five to start off with. Five 50th anniversary pins. Yes. But Brendan, I knew he was going to want some and they were so cool. And Peg helped us out. So it was a good way to remember Peg. We both picked one. We picked one to share. And then somehow we ended up with a fourth. So we ended up getting I Chose Country Bears. I chose Haunted Mansion. And then our shared pin was the railroad. With it had Donald. 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 Yeah. Yes. And then we picked one of the 50th anniversary limited edition pins that had released just that day. Those were a limited edition of 3,000. Then they had some limited release ones. Some of those limited release were supposed to just be on October 1st, but I've actually seen they have those still. They had them in Epcot today as of this recording on Sunday. So that didn't exactly stand true. Then they had a pass holder exclusive one. And then they had two of the postcard series still left, which we already had those. So we have all the postcard series, the first limited release of the 50, (laughs) now limited edition 50, and then the three opening day attractions. Um, It's a lot. It was a lot. The pins were all $24.99 before discounts. And I can tell you, we were probably the cheapest transaction of the day. Let's pause for a minute. I want everyone, wherever you're listening from right now, I want you to think of a number. What do you think is the largest amount spent that we were told by a cast member for pins? It was $1,500. Someone spent $1,500 on pins. I don't know how that's humanly possible, but I think that just goes to show how important merch was. I mean, it's a great way to commemorate the day. And I know if you're a pin collector, you got to get the whole set. But wow, it was eye-opening to us. Like, okay, merch, big deal. And it was also very apparent. So since that was kind of the first thing we did, as soon as we walked out, I thought that I wanted a popcorn bucket. I think we mentioned that too, kind of on our preview episode. I wanted one of the cool popcorn buckets. Those lines, some of the craziest lines throughout the park all day were for these popcorn buckets. Needless to say, I did not get the one that I intended to get, but I did still get one later. So the balloon popcorn buckets seem to be the most popular of the day and people wanted every color in them. So you'd see people carrying around multiple buckets in the different colors. So there was a red one, a yellow one, and I can't remember what the blue, third. green. 
Yeah, so they were all over the map. They should have just done like one iridescent one, but... No, Brendan, you can sell more if they come in different colors. But just to give you an idea of these lines, the popcorn stand that's right across from Hall of Presidents, I guess maybe it's better to describe it right across from where you enter the Lily Bell. Mm -hmm. That popcorn bucket, the line went, turned the corner at Hall of Presidents, went back towards the hub, and it was to the bridge that takes you back into the hub. It was a long line. Very, very, very long. And I don't think it died down all day, honestly. No matter which popcorn bucket, yeah, you, yeah. No matter which line you passed, it was very long. So the popcorn bucket we did end up with later was just the normal. Like the cylinder popcorn bucket that you can probably get. For the full 18 months, but that was okay. I just really wanted one. There are a few really cool parts about it. My The reason why I had to get it was I saw someone else was holding it, and it had Henry from the Country Bears on it. So it had homage to a lot of those original day attractions. Orange Bird was on it. Orange Bird, you know, Peter Pan. I think Tink is on there. And then it shows all the different parks. So part of the Hollywood Studios park was a little Gertie is on there. So that was really cool. Wow. We need more Gertie merch. I would buy all of it. I know you would. A little pin, a Gertie pin. A Gertie popcorn bucket that's shaped like her. Ooh, now that would be pretty cool. Or since she serves ice cream, like a Gertie ice cream sundae. Bucket? Yeah. I could support that. I think that'd be cool. I'm trying to think from here... Uh, We started to get hungry because truth be told, it was probably only, gosh, like nine o'clock. Time moved so slow though on this day. But we had already been up for like six hours and we were starved. So we went in search of food. I have to say we found a really, I mean, this might not be new news, but was it the Westward Ho stand? Yeah. They have donuts and they had breakfast sandwiches. They were awesome. We were very happy with our breakfast choice. Correct. And we actually got those after something else. It was the first showing of the brand new Celebration Cavalcade. Oh, yeah! Just debuted for the 50th anniversary. It comes with a brand new song with it. And they are wearing their iridescent outfits for it. And we posted a reel of it if you want to check it out. I I think it's a hit. I think it was... The song is super catchy. I do like, it's not a parade, but there are two floats involved with it. So none of the characters are walking, which I think is nice. And there's two sets of dancers. And they have like these cool little flags uh, that they kind of dance with. So it was a cool effect. And it's not just the Fab 50 or (laughs) the Fab Five. It also had Daisy and Chip and Dale, too. So you got to see everybody's new outfits. They were floats that they already had backstage. You can tell there were ones like from the old Mickey Cavalcade that they did, but they have spruced it up just for the 50th, which is cool. They made it iridescent, basically. Just to go ahead and cover the rest of the cavalcades for the day, they're all the rest were all the same. Yeah. You got your Moana with Peter Pan and Mary Poppins. One with Aladdin too. He's on there. Yeah, uh, and Gaston rides the horse in front of it. 
You didn't. Know I that? didn't see him. No, we didn't see him yesterday. Uh, he's not with it every single time. Oh, just when he feels like it, probably it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a diva. Yeah, probably so. Um, and then like the Hundred Acre Woods characters are in the front of the park on Main Street vehicles, which I actually we never went up there, so I don't know if they ran that on that day. But I do know it'll be one that will continue. Again, we stayed away from the hub. I feel like once we kind of left the hub area, we really left it alone. So by this point, we ate our breakfast. It was around 10, 15, 10, 30 or so. We'd still not left Frontierland slash Liberty Square all morning long. You know what this reminds me of? Our boo bash. I know. We did the exact same thing. I think I'm done with Frontierland for a little while. <laughs> Next time we go to Magic Kingdom, I don't think we need to go over there at all. But we caught one more cavalcade, which was the Main Street Band. They were... Super fun. We love them, as always. I kind of wish they would have gotten special iridescent costumes. But yeah, they, that would have been really cool. They were just in their red and white stuff, but they were good. They were playing the Mickey Mouse March. Missy, Kate, EY. Yeah. You want to sing the whole thing for us? No, we're good. Um, And then while we were over in Frontierland, we decided this is our time to do Country Bears. This was probably the most... I don't know if it's the most memorable Country Bears because one time you and I wrote it, or not wrote it, we watched it. Very last showing of the entire night. We were the only two guests in the theater, but all of the cast members who were running the attraction joined with us, and they were clapping and stomping, and you know they were ready to go home. They were having a good time, though. But this one, we happen to walk in. If you guys listen to the Disney Dish podcast or if you are familiar with touring plans, Lynn Testa runs that. And apparently, I still don't know all the specifics of it, but apparently he was leading a group around and they were doing all the opening day attractions. We didn't mean to, but we just happened to go into the same showing of Country Bears as that entire group where they had decided that they were going to do a sing-along for the Country Bears. So... It was wild. I certainly hope that on October 1st in 1971, that is how genuinely excited and happy that people were to see the Country Bears because they have not gotten that much love in years. I mean, before you got in, the whole room was packed. You know, there was no standing room it was pretty crazy. We just thought like, oh, it's, you know, it was an opening day attraction. That's why it's so busy. But then once we heard it was a sing-along, you could tell that people had the lyrics up so that they could sing the words. And some songs were more popular than other. Davy Crockett, big hit. Big Al was also a big hit. Yeah, Blood on the Saddle had a lot of people singing. And it was just really fun. We did catch it on our vlog as a shameless plug. <laughs> you can watch the vlog and you can hear the people singing along. Yeah. Especially with Blood on the Saddle and Davy Crockett, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, all the guys that turned me on, turned me down. That one got. The Blue Bonnet trio. Yeah. Um, so that was two opening day attractions that we had knocked off. And a third, if we want to throw it out there, we got to do the Frontierland shooting arcade. I like how you didn't put the G on shooting. You can't. It's just, what's the other one that has no G? There's something else. Homecoming. You can't say it with the G. That was a lot of fun. We've obviously never done it before. 
they just had it wide open. You didn't have to pay. There were no prizes involved. But it was fun to get to experience it. What we don't know is, since we've never done it before, what is the difficulty normally like? Because I don't know if they turned it down a lot, but it was like every time you fired, you hit the mark that you were even remotely close to. Yeah, you could have been aiming at the ceiling and probably hit three targets. (laughs) So that was funny, but, you know. The calibration is from 1971. I guess so. Okay, so when we finally decided to leave Frontierland... I believe we made our way, we kind of perused through Fantasyland, then made our way over to Tomorrowland. We did the People Mover at one point. Um, A lot of kind of non-memorable stuff, just a lot of hanging out. And then we finally decided that it was time for lunch. Now, Now, this is where things started to get a little crazy because not only did we order lunch, but then our merchandise popped up so that we were able to go to Big Top. So we decided to go over to Big Top first and foremost, and they had tons of merchandise. I mean, everything that you can imagine, bucket hats, spirit jerseys, T-shirts, ornaments, mugs, pins. Am I leaving anything off? Well, you said ornaments, but they were actually sold out by the time we got there. Well, I was going to get to that. Um, but So they had all sorts of things that Magic you could bands. want. Magic bands, posters, and so we went. Um, and we basically just bought a mug, which sounds super lame, but it's really pretty. It's hand wash only. So that's going to be a problem in our household. But yeah, for whatever reason, that's all we bought. Probably because we already had pins. If they had had an ornament, we were going to buy one of those, but we didn't. And then, or they, they said they are already sold out. Someone told us they were sold out like at opening, like they lasted for like an hour. Which is crazy because I feel like they had so much of everything else. And I have to say, it was really pretty cool the way that they had it organized. So when you first walked in, they had kind of everything out on display so you could see what they had. Um, They also had a QR code that you could have scanned just to look at the merchandise ahead of time. They had signs and pamphlets that they gave you. So they were trying to be very upfront about what they had This is what's here. Get it. Leave, basically. And again, just from a logistical standpoint, the way that they set it up is is in two different rooms. So the first room was in Pete's Silly Sideshow. So that's where you entered into. That was the first room. And then you got into the second room, which is where the checkout was and also the pass holder exclusive merchandise was, was actually in Big Top Souvenirs. And it was interesting is that if you left... Pete's Silly Sideshow to go to Big Top to check out, you could not go back. So they really were emphasizing, like, make sure you have everything that you want from here. Because once you leave this room, there is no running back and forth to get more. And I don't know, do you think that's from a logistical standpoint of just not having foot traffic going both directions? Or was it to make sure that you couldn't check out, hand your merchandise to someone and come back? and buy more to get around the two-person limit. I'm not really sure. Or maybe both. I don't know. It might have been both. I also think they were being very specific about, you know, AP versus non-AP merchandise. Like they said, make sure you're going to be asked to take it out. And if you're an annual pass holder and you're interested in even just seeing the merch, you had to get in a second line. That might have had something to do with it, too, again, so that you couldn't, like, make several rounds or do several loops. 
I thought it was nice. I liked having one flow of traffic because I do think it made it just a tad less chaotic. They had everything organized by size already. So that was pretty cool. You know, if you knew you wanted a medium spirit jersey, there was one rack, all mediums, take one and leave. So there was no like digging through looking for your size. Yeah. And they were telling us when we walked in what they're already sold out of. So like, Mm -hmm. don't even look for it. It's gone. You missed it. (laughs) And so we knew basically at that point, well, I guess we're here for a mug. Yeah. That's it. Which kind of seems silly, but we weren't going to buy something just to buy it for the heck of it. Yeah. We just don't wear spirit jerseys that much. They were really pretty, but I agree. I don't know if I really wanted to spend the money for one because they were like your typical $75. And so after this experience, that pretty much wrapped up our merch day. Yeah. Because we got both of our virtual queues, got them knocked out. And that's where all the day of exclusive was, stuff was. We had absolutely no interest in like any of these other collections, I don't think. We didn't want to get into the Starbucks Tumblr stuff, which that's a whole... That's a story within itself that you should look into on your own time. If you, if you want to. <laughs> it kind of makes your blood pressure rise and makes you a little angry on how cast members are treated. Yeah. But um, we did that and then we, yeah, we, we really had no other interest. I don't think we went into another gift shop the rest of the day. We didn't. And I do think, just in keeping in mind that we were really just there that day for the things that were for... October 1st. So just knowing like, oh, if I end up wanting a 50th anniversary t-shirt later, I'll still have an opportunity to get one. It's just not going to be today, which is totally fine because the celebration lasts 18 months. We didn't feel super, super pressured. For you pin people, just so you're aware of how they set it up. If you're listening to this to go to the 60th, I don't know, (laughs) whatever it might be. They had all of the limited release pins at Big Top, but none of the limited edition pins. So that's why the Frontierland uh, post was so important. Correct. Are you ready to talk about food? I, I guess so. So for whatever reason, our group that we were with, all our friends, Um, they decided that they wanted to eat at Cosmic Rays. It was initially because they had a spicy chicken sandwich there at one point, which we even enjoyed. It was quite good. Apparently, it's no longer on their menu, which was a bummer. But we decided that we were going to put in our mobile order for there anyway, and that's what we were going to eat. So like the good Disney mobile orders that we are, that we're accustomed to, we clicked our I'm here button, and we stood outside And we waited. And that's where we heard from another group of people who were standing there waiting that they had pressed their I'm here button and they had already been waiting there for an hour without getting their food. Cue the hangry panic. I think everyone was at that point. That's when we looked over to... um, The Cheshire Cafe. Well, I was... We looked down towards the teacups, saw Cheshire Cafe, and thought, that'll do. (laughs) This is what we're going to be eating. At least tied us over for a few minutes. Um, So you might have already read about this, but we'll give you a quick recap of what 
I guess the understanding of what was happening was, is this was a park wide IT issue. And I know you hear IT issue with Disney and you just kind of roll your eyes. It really is. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad, but comical at this point that they really struggle sometimes and with big events, with big events and executions. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff about entering virtual queues online to buy tickets that always crashes. And this was the first time we had actually experienced something in park that was an impedance to us, you know, carrying on with our day. So we just got lucky enough that the group that we were with spotted a table outside cosmic craze that was in the shade. And so we just kind of set up shop and sat there and sat there and sat there. And we were, we had passed that hour mark. We were like hour 30. We were all just kind of like, what do we do now? What do we do? Because we could look online and we saw that the line to Sleepy Hollow, they had opened up a standby line without mobile ordering. It was all the way into the hub for people just buy a waffle and a corn dog. <laughs> all of the other mobile ordering stations were giving you return times for way later in the day. For like dinner time at that point. And so actually part of our group got their food. Other well, parts didn't. I'd say one out of four Yeah, got their food. Everyone else was foodless. And that's when we kind of decided, okay, we're just going to cancel it. We don't know what's going on. We have to go find food elsewhere. And I'd say this is the only time that we actually deviated from our original plan. Um, I think we just decided we need to get out for a little bit. At this point, it was probably three o'clock. Three or four o'clock, yeah. In the afternoon. So we had been there for a very, very long time. And we, only eaten a breakfast sandwich. And a, and a pretzel. Pretzel. Slash, you had the Cheshire cattail. Yeah. And we had decided, you know... We just need to do something else. We settled on the Polynesian. We went over to Tambu Lounge. We ate the noodles and the pot stickers that you can get from Ohana. Brendan got a drink. And we just kind of stepped back for a short period of time so that we could just, A, find food, but B, kind of get away from the craziness that was ensuing. So just to kind of close the loop on the cosmic array situation. Once you press I'm here, you can no longer cancel your order because that's when they charge your card. And that's when they, you know, in theory are preparing your food. And so I went up to the cast members who were standing outside, which if you've been during COVID, you know that they don't, they have some standby lines, but most of the time they're not allowing you to enter into the building unless your mobile order is ready and I told them, I said, look, we've just been waiting too long. I'm ready to cancel. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we, we know. Like, it's very frustrating. And But the strangest thing was actually happening. They said I had to go talk to the manager. I had to get into a line to talk to the manager with, like, 10 other parties. Mm-hmm. And she was basically just, what's your number? Canceled. What's your number? Canceled. You know, going through it. Um. And the cast member actually opened the door and let me in. She said, we're actually not busy right now. So if you want your food, just go up to the counter and show them what you ordered. And they're very likely to just give it to you. Because they had food just stacked 
on top of each other, just rows and rows and rows of food were in cosmic rays. And the IT issue was that they could not push you the notification to say that your order is ready. Now, that sparks another discussion. We're not trying to solve any of this here. I can give my opinion that I wish they would have, I don't know. It, it Sent one of those people by the door to just say, hey, if you're waiting on food, come in with your order and we will give it to you. Because it probably would have saved like the manager and some of these other people some headaches from having to cancel so many orders. I'm sure there's paperwork involved with that. So like bless those people who had to deal with all of that. But then people would have also gotten their food and everybody knows that hungry people are the angriest people out there. <laughs> so I think that would have been a good solution. Obviously, you know, nobody knew probably at the time that that was the problem. That's just kind of what was pieced together, I don't know, over time, we think. And it may be more complicated than that. It, exactly. So I think... Overall, if that was the only hiccup that we had for the day, it was fine. Like Brennan said, we had a table in the shade. We were with our friends. We probably just needed to sit for a while anyway. Some food would have been ideal, but that's okay. I'm glad I got a midday uh, cocktail because I think my nerves needed it after the <laughs> cosmic rays yeah. incident. Um, so here's my advice. If you are ever going on a huge day like that again, Try your very hardest to get any and all dining reservations. Or pack some snacks. Our friend Connor actually had some snacks in his bag. He had like some Pringles and stuff. That's pretty smart. We should have done that. We should have. I think we talked about it at one point and we just didn't do it. We dropped the ball. Yeah. So anyway, we went to the Polynesian. We came back. Um, that was pretty painless. Our monorail driver was... Uh, Little, it might have been his first day. But that's fine. Yeah. Everyone's got to start somewhere. It was like coming into every station. It was like, break, break, break. Burp, 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 burp. And then actually at the Magic Kingdom station, he overshot the station and had to drop it in reverse. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, <laughs> we got back into Magic Kingdom. And at that point, it was time to do some of our attractions that we really wanted to complete for the day, and then start staking out a spot for fireworks. Um, so we did, at this point, we did Hall of Presidents. That was my very first time doing Hall of Presidents. I actually really liked it. You know, it's not something I need to do every single time I go to Magic Kingdom, but that reveal of all of the animatronics is pretty cool. It's also kind of alarming how few we could have probably named like it's kind of a fun game before they start introducing themselves to see who you can pick out and who you recognize so that was fun but i agree i think the show and the information that was presented was pretty cool i just think it's so just sweet and fun how much of a fan of history and presidents and america you know walt was a true American. And I think that is so fun. He yep. is so proud. We did Mad Tea Party at this time as well to knock that out as an opening day attraction. You mentioned People Mover, but you completely forgot to mention that we got to see the lights on. Yes. Space Mountain broke down and we got to see it with the lights on. That was cool. That was awesome. And then the adverse will, I don't know if it'll come up another time. The adverse was. 
we rode Space Mountain the next day and the people mover lights were on. So we had like some ambient lighting on Space Mountain so we could see a lot a of lot. the track. It was weird. It was cool. Um, um Yeah, so we did Mad Tea Party and was that it? Pirates. Yeah, we did Pirates. It was a walk on. Yeah, I think. Maybe that's it. From there, the only other thing that I can think of before we start talking about enchantment was we did try the new spring rolls. So they came out. It wasn't on the foodie guide, but they came out with a spring roll that was filled with pastrami and cheese, and it came with a mustard sauce. And it's pepper jack cheese. We decided that it was worth a try, and I really liked it. I liked it too. I think it tastes like a hot dog, but I guess you don't get that same flavor. I did not think so. I wonder if it's be well, I mean, I guess you did hot dogs and mustard too, but maybe it was the mustard. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I thought it was good. I just think it tastes like a hot dog. I think hot dogs are good too. <laughs> I guess that's fair enough. Um, so yeah, so enchantment, we kind of we did have a few moments throughout the day where we considered are we going to change our game plan. Like, do we want to see this from the front of the castle? Because it's so, you see everyone else lining up and people started lining up. It was when we left originally to go to the Polynesian. Yeah, around four o'clock. When I saw pictures of at two o'clock, people were already there. When we truly saw people scouting out, we saw, you know, the tripod set up, the blankets, the umbrellas, the chairs. People had it all. They knew that they were staking themselves out for a long time. And that's when the doubt starts to creep in a little like, ooh, am I making the right decision? Am I going to regret not seeing it since I'm here? Oh, it's going to be so cool. I'm missing out. And you get that little bit of fear. But Brennan was quick to wrangle us back in and say, yeah, no, (laughs) this was our plan. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it from there. Uh, But we did the next night. But that's, so let's, Let's talk briefly about, so we saw it on Friday night and Saturday night. And the reason why we saw it on Saturday night was because, honestly, the Friday night showing was kind of a fail. Um, And this kind of goes into my review of Enchantment in that with previous shows, of course, always the optimal place to view the fireworks is in front of the castle or on Main Street. But these alternative viewing locations were viable. So you could watch them from Tangled, you could watch them from Fantasyland, you could watch them from Frontierland if you wanted to. And the music would kind of carry you through enough where it was still enjoyable. I don't think Enchantment has that same power. This is where I'll say, if you don't want any spoilers, maybe skip ahead, because we are going to get into a few details. So skip now. For how long? Who knows? I, I don't know. Okay. I completely agree with that thought. The music was what I really wanted to get from hearing it and seeing it for the first time. And there were some aspects of the music that we liked. I did like the original song. I thought that that was really fun and it talked a lot about magic. And that's definitely the theme for the 50th anniversary celebration. So I feel like they hit that. But there were also moments of like instrumental music that didn't really fit if you couldn't see what were going on with the projections. Yeah. And that's what, that was one of my favorite things about happily ever after 
was that the narration and happily ever after the song accompanied by the lyrics and the music kind of moved you through the story and you could just watch the fireworks, listen to the music. It was enjoyable for this one. Kind of like you said, you didn't get moved along. You were kind of lost when it wasn't the original song or the narration point. The other thing that I thought about the show was that there were no callbacks to the fact that it was the 50th anniversary show, other than the fact that they mentioned a lot of magic, which, of course, are in the Magic Kingdom. There was nothing from, like, Walt or Roy, nothing that highlighted, you know, some of those original attractions. I thought that would have been cool, you know, include some of those songs, almost like an Epcot Forever kind of thing. Um, There was just none of that. It was very new. And that's where I think this is a marketing issue almost as much as anything. I think this show should have started a month ago, or this show should have been what they brought back when fireworks returned and never given us happily ever after, you know, for this short period of time. If you just say, this is a, this is magic kingdom's new fireworks show. It just happens that this is going to be the one that is being covered over this celebration of the 50th anniversary. I think it would sit a lot better, but the fact that opening day coincides with the 50th anniversary, people are always going to tie the two together, which in the past, that's what they've done. Like the Disneyland 60th fireworks, they were a celebration of 60 years that happened. They went a different route this time. And I almost think they should have separated the start dates. Do you think that would have helped? I do think that would have helped because ultimately if if we do start to look at the projections and everything, I don't think it's a bad show. I do think with the original song, especially the callbacks to magic, some of the projections are really, really cool. Well, I thought just real quick to add on to that original song, the message of it is fantastic. I love the message of it, which is basically that you create your own magic and there's magic everywhere and you mm-hmm. have the magic within you. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just hits on all of those fuzzy, warm feelings that you want to hold on to. Very similar to Wishes. like the find, well, and the find your happily ever after that you have the magic. Oh, it was like my favorite phrase, like you are the key to unlock your happily ever after, you know, like that fuzzy feeling that you want to get from a Magic Kingdom show. The emotional pull of it. It was there. Now... Again, some of the holes where it started a little slow. I don't think anything will quite compare to the Mickey's Mix magic that we experienced in Disneyland because that is a true party. But I also kind of expected this to be something like that. Like 50 years, that's a party. That's something to celebrate, you know? And there were some really slow parts to the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my where I stand with this show currently is you have to view it in front of the castle. You really don't have too much of an other option, in my opinion. I don't, yeah, I don't think seeing it from like the Polynesian beaches, Grand Floridian, even like the contemporary, I know they're just starting to do like a dessert party up there. 
I don't think that's going to be a great first experience. Now, maybe second, third, fourth, you can get away with it. But I think to really solidify an opinion on it, you have to see it from the front because it relies very heavily on projections. I feel like they told us it was going to rely heavily on fireworks, and that's just not the case. And the reason why I think this irks me so bad is because I think it's just the reality of the situation that we're in is that COVID is not going anywhere. And the tolerance for crowds is obviously very different for every person. For us personally, it's it's pretty low. And some of that is COVID. Some of that is like... We just don't want to be stuck next to a bunch of people we don't know for a very long period of time. Correct. And so that's why I thought it was very important that this show work from multiple spots in the park. That's one of the reasons why I love the way that Disneyland is doing things because you do have Small World as an alternative viewing location where you still get the projections. And even if you didn't, you know, and then there's other people who just want to see the fireworks and they don't care about the projections. So there's like three options there. And I feel like for the shows that we've seen, the music will carry you through without the projections. This one, we've said it a million different ways. Without the projections, I don't know. I am i wasn't smart enough to follow it. Now, maybe other people can, but I couldn't. The other thing playing into this is that the speaker... Uh, like I'm talking about the the audio component, not the not, narrator. Yeah, not the narrator. The actual speaker that we had to listen to the music through. Was janky. It was busted. Everyone knows what a busted speaker sounds like. It's not good. And so, you know, that feeling when you're watching it on Main Street or watching it in the hub, it is complete surround sound. Like you have to yell to the person right next to you and for them to hear you. For us, it was one directional. Uh, Harry Styles reference. <laughs> um, it came from one direction. That's more on the head. But anyway. Just get it out. It, it was not good. It was not good. The music was not good. So maybe, maybe at Tangled area or something. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. Um, I'm going to let you finish in a minute, Kanye West. But you have you have to see it. From the front, don't make the same mistake we did, honestly, especially if you just have like one night in Magic Kingdom to see it. If you're planning a trip, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, then, you know, you do what is best for you. But if you're looking for the full experience, I I do think you have to see it from the front. And I do hope, of course, that things will thin out over time. It usually does. It's not always this crazy but the devil's advocate in me says, you know, does this just play a ride into the dessert party that they're trying to sell? Oh, absolutely. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the way to get around it, unfortunately. And that's and that's what we left the first night saying is I'm not going to stand in this crowd every night. So, you know, maybe for a special occasion. Once, once a year or however often that we really want to enjoy this show, we're just going to have to pay for the dessert party. And it's not for the desserts. It's for the viewing of the fireworks that you get without a huge crowd. Yeah, just the stress-free factor. Um, 
So there's been tons of chatter about this online. And I feel like right now, this happened with Happily Ever After. I don't know if you know people followed it as closely at that point. Like That's when we kind of first dipped our toes into the Disney community and keeping up with kind of the narrative around these things. People didn't like Happily Ever After when it first started. And so I do think there is a chance that enchantment is that same way, that once people learn the original song and the words to it and they're singing along to it, just like we did with Happily Ever After, that that elevates this show quite a bit more. And we learn, you know, when the beats drop and we learn the, the order that things go in. I do think there will be a comfortability level that elevates this show. Right now, people are very extreme. They love it. That's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Or I hate it. And I'd rather (laughs) not see fireworks than watch that travesty again. Like that's almost how people are talking about it. I I don't think either of those reactions are correct personally. Yeah. I think it's it's a good show. I think it is going to take three, four, five times to see it. And once you get familiar with it, then I think you can make a judgment call. My impression is... Is it going to be as good as Happily Ever After? No, it's not. Well, and one of the big reasons that you even were saying that when we talked about it earlier is that the projections, like the color and the way that they were able to blend the colors and things like that, that's what I thought was so impressive. You even get to see it when they do the Beacon of Magic kind of presentation. Whatever new technology that they put into those projections, I think is really cool, but it doesn't animate the castle the same way that happily ever after did like for example when it did the that's what friends are for when the door opened and it was singing the genie turning into a rocket ship the lanterns kind of moving up the castle some of those elements of movement are lost and i thought that was a really cool way to incorporate the castle because you are using the castle as a backdrop yeah, whereas in Enchantment, it's it's just kind of a character's up there mm-hmm. for a period of time, and then they switch it out, and another one comes in. And what I kind of think is weird, and this is where maybe a familiarity will, will help smooth this over for me, is that a lot of times it's a weird mi- mismatch. Like, at one point, I remember they were playing Pocahontas. They were playing uh, just around the river bend. But I'm fairly certain that Miguel was on the castle. I can't remember. It was some match like that. That's like mm-hmm. what? Like what is happening? Why? Like why is Pocahontas not up there during her song, or at least something that's like referencing the same area or Grandmother Willow? I don't know. <laughs> something like that. But it's um, I don't know. My last thought. You may have more. Okay. I say last thought. It probably won't be. But the covers. Um, I think we'll circle back to this on Thursday's episode when we talk about Harmonious as well. Because I think there will be a discussion about a comparison between the two. The covers in this one in particular, I think you chose very, very, very difficult songs to do covers of. So you chose Almost There from Princess and the Frog. and I'm sorry, there's very, very few people in the world that you can get that are going to outperform Anika Nani Rose, who's the voice of Tiana. So to me, it's a lesser version. 
Then we go on, and later we sing, uh, what's the one from Frozen 2? Into the Unknown. You sing Into the Unknown. Now, there are two versions of Into the Unknown <laughs> that I love. And Outstanding. They and they didn't play either of them. One is by Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco. Absolutely outstanding version of Into the Unknown. The other is sung by... Um, Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel. Sorry. I guess You get a little carried away when we start talking about Brendan Urie. But both of those, yeah, again, how can you really top the performance of either one of those? And obviously, Disney has the rights to use either of those versions. It's a little shocking to me that they didn't. And you chose instrumentals and some other ones that maybe are not as well known as who the original performer is, which I think is very interesting to me. It's very interesting choices were made. Yes. It's almost like I, I, I was thinking about this last night. We used to watch like a lot of American Idol, I guess, like the rest of the country did. Well, of course. And you would always hear comments like, you cannot do a cover of a Whitney Houston song. Like, I guess a modern day equivalent would be like, you cannot do a cover of an Adele song. They are, they're too unique and their talent level is too high that you may be super, super talented, but you're not that level. And that's how I feel about these cover songs. Which I think is fair. Is that your last statement? Uh, Until I think of another. The one thing, I guess my final thoughts is they did still have the, you know, the kind of princess love part of it, the hero section, the villain section, and then they rounded it out with their original song. So it kind of has the same flow But like Brendan mentioned, when you don't get to see the projections, the first time we listened to it, we could not keep up with what was going on. Because I think they started playing Into the Unknown, and I thought that was the villain's part for like the beginning of it, because it kind of has like a moody start, I guess. And that really stood out to me. So, I don't know. It's a weird flow. I have one more thought. (laughs) What? Um, so there's been a lot of talk, and we talked about it at the beginning of this, about, you know, they did choose a lot of new movies. So there's Onward references, there's Coco, there's Soul, a lot of these new newer movies. And I've been kind of wrestling with that idea, because I think if you put your own biases in check, you'll realize that you know, for us growing up in the 90s, we want to hear Hercules, Lion King, Aladdin, Princess and the Frog, you know, that era of music. But the people in front of us, they want to hear, who grew up in the 80s, they want to hear Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, because that's multi-generational. <laughs> they all are. It's just that good. But I think... We just all have to understand is that we're not always the target audience. And just for this point in time, for the guests that they are really going after right now, their kids, you know, if they're pulling at the parents, their kids are watching Onward and Soul and Coco and... Uh, You left a big one out, sir. What? Moana. And Moana. They're going to cram Moana and Frozen down our throat until we're... Done with it. 
which I like. I, I love both of them. They're both good movies, and they are used a lot. And I think it's just one of those that's just part of growing up. Is that we're no longer... No, sir. We go to a place where we do not have to grow up. Well, I just think it's one of those things is that we... It's it's part of it. Is that they're going to pass your favorite era by at some point. Now, do you wish they could blend them a little bit more? Maybe. But if they play music from... I don't know. What's maybe a lesser... Hercules is a good example, which they did incorporate into this. Hercules is up there a couple of times. But how many kids nowadays are familiar with Hercules? Probably, we'd probably be sad to find out that it's not many. I don't want to know, I guess, because that would make me very sad. Yeah, but it's it's not like a Lion King where they all know it. Everybody knows Simba, you know? And... I, I I don't know. That's my kind of, that's where I'm sitting with it currently. My opinion could change. I just feel like it was inevitable. And that's where it comes back to. It's the marketing thing of it shouldn't have been tied to the 50th because that's clearly not what this show was trying to celebrate. This show is trying to celebrate the characters that this generation finds interesting and inspiring. And that's all we can really, I, my, <laughs> my initial instinct was to go boo. <laughs> so uh, we'll leave it at that. I guess to finish out our night, really the last thing that we have to talk about is the big freebie that we were so excited to see on our commemorative map in the morning, which was that they were giving away a poster for the day. It has the date. It's actually textured and it's very glittery and fun. And they were handing them out to every guest as they were leaving. And that was just a really cool thing. We all expected probably buttons. I still would have been happy with a button. But I do think the poster was something a little unique that we got to take home with us. And then again, uh, leaving, going home on the ferry, super painless. I was honestly so impressed. I don't know if it's because they had every cast member working and on duty that day, just like ready to go. But it was super efficient and overall a good day. What time were we back in bed? 1230? Probably. Uh, I'd say we went to sleep at a solid 12 midnight is when I think we shut our eyes. Which we did leave before the park officially closed. We did. Yeah, because they extended the hours till 11, which is Wow. We haven't seen it open that late in a very long time. Yep. Okay. So listener questions, ready for those? I'm ready. And then we'll share final thoughts, kind of our impressions or favorite parts of the day. Uh, so first question, some of these we've hashed, but I think it's good to revisit. Our friend TJ asked, how was your experience with mobile ordering food? Was it longer than normal like ours? Yeah, we actually never even got our food. Yeah. And again, it's just kind of crazy how IT works like that. We've been using mobile ordering for over a year now, and of course, the one day that it breaks is the 50th. Yep. And I actually haven't even checked to see if our refund has been processed. I don't know how quickly that was supposed to happen. We will never know. Uh, next says, what's your number one recommendation or must-do for Magic Kingdom during the 50th celebration? 
I found this one, when I was reading it before, I found it kind of challenging. This one was challenging because I feel like that's the one thing that I will commend Disney on is that they really are um, spreading the love out for 18 months. And no matter when you have the opportunity to come, I feel like it's going to be very similar to what we experienced um, as far as like the offerings. I mean, I guess I would just say the cavalcade, try to see it a few times because I did really like the song that they had. I thought that was a lot of fun. Mine would be, this is maybe a little too mushy, but mine would be to really savor those opening day attractions and really try to think about how they've withstood the test of time for 50 years. Mostly the country bears. (laughs) Go sing along with the country bears. You know, some people, if they've missed like the middle of our transformation and maybe they haven't listened to us for a long time, they just think we completely flip-flopped on the country bears, which we did. We did, absolutely. the actual transformation process. We are proof that people can grow. (laughs) You can get better and improve over time. Next question is, do you feel that Disney did, quote-unquote, enough to celebrate the 50th? I've heard some bad comments. That's another really loaded question. I, I will say... We went in from the very beginning. If you listen to kind of our pre episode, we went in with low expectations. We went in wanting to be very realistic about just the day as a whole, because we wanted it to be a great day. Like we didn't want to look back on the 50th anniversary and think, wow, that sucked. Like Disney, what were you doing? And I think that really helped our mindset because it was just a great day. Um, but to be honest, no, they didn't do a lot. They truly didn't. It was cool to see the camera crews, but that wasn't there for us. You know, that was there for Good Morning America or for their other specials. By the way, if you haven't watched that special yet, I can't even count how many times I cried. <laughs> if you have Hulu, you should go watch it. But yeah, there were no, like when you look at pictures from some of the other celebrations, which is like the over the top parades or, you know, the speeches. Um, I mean, I believe it was Disneyland where they like played Walt's speech, you know, when he opened the park, do that for Roy. I mean, Roy, honestly, I have such an admiration for him too. I wish they would have celebrated him for the 50th. I wish that they would have really honed in on the dedication that he had to his brother and to seeing this through because without Roy, none of this would be here. Um, so I think that was amazing. And we didn't really get that. My answer is no. And the reason is because I did have low expectations, similar to you, but I did have some expectations. Like low doesn't mean none. <laughs> and my expectations were I wanted to hear Roy's speech played over the loudspeaker. And that probably plays into why we got there so early too. I think both of us in the back of our mind, that's what we were. I wanted to stand around the flagpole or stand around the castle and hear Roy's speech. And it's, I was going to say in its entirety, but like looking back, I would have just taken clips if that's all we could have gotten. The other thing that has not sat right with me from this is a very hands-off approach from a human element. Um, 
Now, I don't want to get too like negative because I do. We'll share at the end of this. This was maybe one of my favorite days in the parks ever. Ever, yeah. But I, I personally, and and this is just how I feel. I don't think there's any excuse why no human got up there before the stage show and and just said thank you for being here. Now, there was an announcement that they probably recorded a week or two ago. Not the same. Like you said, I want I want a human, any human. <laughs> any well, at all. And exactly. That's we've had this discussion and said, well, you know, is it because they were scared to put Chapic out there? Because his, let's face it, his public image is not great right now. Well, then I would have taken Demaro. He was there. I would have taken Jeff Valley. He was there. I would have taken the president of Magic Kingdom, which I don't know his or her name. But they were definitely there. <laughs> All these people were there. I would have taken even just an opening day cast member. That would have been even more special to me. Put Peg up there. Yeah. She would have been awesome. But even before, it was an attempt. It was an attempt before the Mickey cavalcade. There was a loudspeaker announcement, and I believe that was from the Vice President of Magic Kingdom, if I remember correctly. I have a recording of it, so I can listen back and see who it was. But it was a lady, and, and she did say, you know, this is in the spirit of Roy Disney and persevering and making this dream come true. So I appreciated that. However, it's a recording. To me, it's not the same. It's I I, I personally feel. And I'm just trying to say <laughs> that because I don't want to be abrasive because I know other people feel differently. I think they all hid and did all their stuff the day before. So they did their rededication, but had it as a closed event and just streamed it online for other executives and for media. I think I... I don't know. I have a it's, lot of words that come to mind for that, but it's brave is not one of them, I guess. It's just like the backbone of Disney is obviously the cast members. You know, they're kind of like the first branch as far as the backbone. But like the guests, the, you know, diehard fans, like everyone that we saw there that day, you know, was just so happy and thankful to be there that, you know, they had planned for this just like we had for so long and like those are the people who are there to celebrate and who deserve to feel like included. You know what I mean? Like it was very apparent that they did not want just the general public to be included in those like rededication things. Is it good to have something for executives and other people? Absolutely. Do that the night before. No one's complaining about that, but the fact that they didn't carry that over into the next day was a little shocking. Now, it was nice that they were just out mingling with people. So I know a lot of people met Jeff Valley and a lot of people met uh, Josh tomorrow on that day. We personally did not. I don't like I that wasn't something I don't care about doing something like that. Like unless it's Joe Rody, I'm not interested. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's nice that they were out mingling with the guests and shaking hands and taking pictures. That's great. But I, I think they it was a a really bad move not to just have someone up there and saying like, this is such a special day. This is a dream come true. 
we are so thankful for you being here. That that's honestly all you have to say. Mm-hmm. You know this this was built with Walt's vision and Roy's execution. Great, I'm crying. Let's get the day started. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The other thing that a lot of people didn't particularly like were that there weren't a lot of character opportunities. I think that would have been really cool since you do get to see special characters at things like Moonlight Magics, run Disney events, um, just other special occasions. I think that would have been a really easy thing for them to pull off as well. Stick them up far away. You don't have to talk to anybody. It would have been nice. It wasn't something that we expected, but that was something that I did hear a lot of people talk about that I do think would have been a fun touch. We good with that question? Yes, we can move on. (laughs) Uh, Next is Christmas season speculations and how it plays into the 50th. And I had not thought about this before. These are my thoughts. If it's anything like the way that they're treating Halloween right now, I think they're just going to blow right over Christmas. It'll be secondary, you mean? Absolutely. I think right now, and it might just be because it's so soon, you know, like the 50th obviously just happened. Um, But even before that, I feel like they haven't done a whole lot for Halloween um, just because they've been in preparation for this. I feel like everything that they're doing is for the 50th, all the food, the merchandise, Obviously, they're going to have Christmas things, but I think they're going to blow right past it. I think, and when you, I think where maybe we have the same thought, but maybe just a different way of saying it is that they will put it behind the paywall of the party. They will do all that stuff, but it will not be for day guests. Mm -hmm. Would you, is that how you're viewing it? Absolutely. Besides just the normal decorations. Yeah, you wouldn't know that it's Halloween time at Magic Kingdom in particular right now, unless you go to a party. Well, and they even switched out all the Mickey um, lanterns. Yeah, the pumpkins. Yeah. They're carriages right now, I guess because they thought that fit better with the 50th. Yeah. The the cavalcades, nope. It's just Mickey, which is great. Everyone loves Mickey, but it's not seasonal. Yeah. Um, So... Lauren asked, what did you eat and how did you handle the long line food crisis? Um, so, yeah, we, we ate, ate a, a pretzel. <laughs> we ate a pretzel, a Cheshire cattail, which was on my to-do list, which we did do. It was. And then we ate at Tambu Lounge, which highly recommend. We love Tambu. We did the best we could, basically. It was a good thing I said that we were with lots of friends and people because I could have very easily seen that turn into like a complete meltdown. <laughs> situation but we held it together pretty well next is and we're gonna hit on this on thursday as well but we can give a brief answer now and then an expanded answer on thursday which was better enchantment or harmonious wow you guys came in with the hard-hitting questions uh i don't even know i'm gonna say it harmonious i agree this will be the first time in history that I believe that Epcot has the superior nighttime show. And we will elaborate on Thursday. Next is, for someone who's been to the parks a lot, what will this 50th celebration set it apart? Or how will this be set apart? Just from like a normal day? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Not much, unfortunately. 
yeah. special food. The food, and and that's a big part of it. And to be honest, we did not partake in any of really the 50th food. That's why I had to mention the spring rolls because I think that was the only special food item that we ate that day. Um, you were going to eat like the mac and cheese burger, which we will have to go back for. At Cosmic Rays. At Cosmic Rays. But that'll be something that we are looking forward to experiencing because the food's always good. And then the one cavalcade. And the Mickey cavalcade. I do really love their outfits. I will probably sometime within the 18-month time period get an iridescent balloon because those are fun. But other than that, I... We are missing something, the beacons of light. Those are special for this. And they're... That might be the coolest thing about all of this. Yeah. If there's one thing that if you're going for the 50th, there's one thing I think you shouldn't miss in each park. And they're very brief. So it's not like you have to set aside a bunch of time is see. They have different names for see all the beacons, beacon of blank, whatever that park is called in each one of them. Now we've only seen Spaceship Earth and Cinderella Castle in person. But we haven't even seen the show for Spaceship Earth. Correct. We Maybe just they saw weren't the, doing it yet. Yeah. We just saw the lights turned on. We and saw that the was lights. cool enough. Exactly. So I'm excited to go back and do that. Obviously I'm excited for Animal Kingdom just because I love Animal Kingdom. But even um, the Hollywood Tower Hotel in pictures it looks really cool. So I know in person it's going to be even better. Yep. Uh, and so last question is, did you notice if the 50th merch from Magic Kingdom was also available at other parks? It was. Epcot only, though. Yeah, according to our friend Shannon from Second Star Collective, she had to go to Epcot first um, to check in because she was park hopping that day. And she said, of course, all the merch was there. You could just walk right in the store without a wait and purchase it. Day of, that is. And it wasn't all the drama that they had at Magic Kingdom. But it wasn't everything. It wasn't like the stuff that we got in Big Top Souvenirs besides one of the pins. Yeah, I think she mentioned she got a pin. But it was more so all the stuff that the people were fighting for in the Emporium. They had it available at Creation Shop. And it's probably, sadly, the same stuff that they will have all 18 months. So it's like, why why were you fighting? Sadly or comically? I, Sadly I, for anyone who got caught up in it, I guess, is the way I'll put it. Because, again, we went in with, like, this is going to be the best day ever. You know, like, no matter what happens, even if we don't eat, like, we are going to make today the best day ever. And I do feel bad for anyone who got caught up in that and let it hinder their day. Yeah. So that's all of our questions. Okay. So final thoughts. Um I kind of already said it before to me, I've been trying to think about this all weekend is like where this ranks and Disney days for me. Okay. I think the highlight ones for me were the day that we got engaged. Yes. In Magic kingdom. Check. I think the cast member preview day that we got to go for when the parks reopened last July was a crazy day. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget just how empty it was and, how like great it was to be back there and it happened to be our first trip as locals. Yeah. So that, that, that day had a lot of meaning, but I think Friday, October 1st, 2021 makes it into the top three most memorable days for me. There was a day in high school that we came down, we park hopped 
all four parks and drove back like the same day. And what was most memorable about that day is just how much we hurt. (laughs) I don't think I've ever felt that bad in my entire life. Um, But I completely agree. I think what really stood out to me about this day is just all the people we got to see. I don't know if, I mean, I knew that everyone was going to be there, but I don't think I truly anticipated just like how much that was going to mean to us. Um, It's been a long time coming, but I feel like this was the first time since we moved down maybe that I was really able to reflect on like all the really good people and like real friends that we act, that we have, you know, that's been like a big talking point for us. And I feel like Friday really made me realize like, wow, like we made it. We, we made it in Orlando and we have really good friends, people who we can hang out with all day, even after we woke up at 345 and we haven't eaten and we're all still having a great day. No one has yelled at each other. You know what I mean? Like it was just so great. And we were, we all had like a general understanding of we can all do our thing and then meet back up and we're all just going to go with the flow. And it was just so nice. Well, and that's what I was kind of thinking about. It would, you know, over the past uh, almost year and a half of living here, we go through like a lot of our friends from our, are from out of town. So we'll see them on their trip and then they'll leave and then they'll come back and we'll see them again. And a lot of times it doesn't coincide with other friends. And, you know, we have some local friends that we hang out with over time. And this was one of those situations where not all of our friends were here, but a lot of them were. And it was the first time we like felt the like, we've got to see everybody. They're all here. Like we have to see all of them. And, and it was such a blessing to have, to have that opportunity to even say, you know, like there's not enough hours in the day to spend with all these people that we enjoy spending time with so much. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree overall, it was awesome. I think if you are coming down for the 50th anniversary, I think you're going to have a great time. I think there's so much new that that's truly what is exciting. Um, The new shows, Kite Tales. I'm excited to see it. Um, Harmonious again, because even, well, I guess we're going to talk about it on Thursday. We didn't even have the greatest spots for that. So I'm excited to see it again. Um, And we'll talk about Space 220. Space 220. We still just, haven't been to Steakhouse 71. I just love all the new. I just love knowing that there's always something else to do. Yep. So I think that's kind of just to summarize our final thoughts on the days that no, nothing, not everything went perfect. And we're not entirely happy with how Disney handled it. But it will still, despite that, was one of our favorite days of all time. Of all time. Yeah. And so we're happy that everybody listened to this and heard our experience. Happy for those of you who watched on our Instagram stories when we were doing that. Happy for those of you who watched the vlog of this whenever it goes out, which should be today, if you're listening on release day, if I can get it edited in time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, uh, but it was one of those days where even vlogging and taking stories, it wasn't anything like, I want to share this with our 
you know, followers or viewers or listeners or anything. It was just like, I just want to put this up there so I can look back on it and watch it later. That's how memorable everything was. And my goodness, by the time you're awake for so long, uh, we were watching it like right before we went to bed again that same night. I was like, that happened today? (laughs) Like, wow, there's so much to remember. So I think that's pretty cool. Yep. It was 50 years of our favorite place on the planet. Maybe just secondary to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) One of our favorite places on the planet. And we hope that you can come down and celebrate it as well, whether it's been a part of your life for a long time or a short time, or maybe it's your very first ever trip. I do think Walt Disney World is truly such a special place, and it's nice to have this period to really reflect on it and really take the opportunity to celebrate it. So we thank you for listening. If all this, if it doesn't have you hankering for a Disney trip, I don't know what will. This, this is as good as it gets, I think. It is. Uh, just don't mobile order at Cosmic do, do mobile order. I swear by now it must be fixed. You know heads were rolling. But uh, if you want to get that ball rolling, reach out to our friend Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. You can reach her at detourtoneverland.com slash little bit of Disney or click that link down in the show notes. You can just put a feeler out there if you don't know exactly what you want. Hannah can put together some different packages, get you some pricing, get you some options, just so you have an idea of maybe what's ahead or if you need to save a little bit to get to that next level, what that would look like. For you and your family, she will get you set up. And yeah, we have how many magnets left for patrons? Nine? Nine. So they're going quick. If you would like one of those 25, join us on Patreon. We'd love to have you over there. And we'd love to send you a note and put a magnet in it. In your mailbox, yeah. Send you some magic mail. And as always, thank you to those of you who have already made that commitment. It really does mean a lot to us. Yep. So we thank you guys so much for listening. If you are here at the one hour and 38 minute mark, you're the best. You're a trooper and we love you. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for listening and we will chat with you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.